So, full disclosure, uh, you'll know I'm the preacher. That That's not nothing new. Uh, however, I will admit to you this morning, as the storm was pounding down on the house and it was raining and I woke up and I, I rolled over and I just thought, oh, I just want to lay in his bed. <laughs> but God, but God. And, and this morning, uh, I, um, uh, I got to do something I wasn't planning on doing, uh, but got to do it anyway. I got to teach the elementary school uh, kids. Yeah. And it started out with one and quickly multiplied to five. Uh, so we got to learn about, uh, and there's one of them right there. <laughs> we got to learn about uh, Satan tempting Jesus in the desert. And so we colored and uh, just one of those things, the, the joy of the five kids in the room with me is just infectious. It just rubs off on you. Uh, and so it was, it was great. It was great. Um, God is good. And I pray, I pray I get to stay here a very long time. We've been uh, looking at rest thinking it'd be a good idea after the busyness of Christmas, and Christmas is uh, busy, uh, certainly for everyone, but definitely in the Salvation Army, we got, whoo, just stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff to do. <laughs> and so we thought, when we planned this six months ago, we thought it'd be good to talk about rest. And, and you know, two weeks ago, uh, Sergeant April came and talked about the Sabbath and the importance of Sabbath and taking rest. Uh, and then I preached last week about that physical rest, the importance of physical rest. And today, I, I think something that we neglect, I think we get, we're getting better at this, but something that we neglect, and that's emotional rest how do we rest emotionally because here's the thing like obviously we do a lot of things physical with our bodies we move things around uh, we do a lot of things mental with our brain we have to think through the process of what we're doing so that all that stuff but that's also connected to our emotions and some days like this morning when I wake up I'm like oh not today but God I think this is as important as mental rest, as important as physical rest. This emotional rest, which also speaks into that spiritual rest. If you are drained emotionally, you've seen that Snickers commercial, right? You're not you when you're hungry. So this morning, like we were talking about, sorry, this is a side note. This one's for free, not to pay for this. As a side note, this morning, when we were at Sunday school, 40 days of not eating, right? Jesus, not eating for 40 days. And that's all I could think is, man, if I missed one day, I'm not me. 
You can imagine, like, and Jesus still being, having his wits about him, talking with Satan. Like, me, I'd be so grouchy, like, don't touch me. Oh. That e emotional rest. Have you ever felt just drained emotionally? Just like going through the motions of the day. I am not emotionally invested right now. I am exhausted emotionally. I think all of us have experienced that. Where it's just, it's just enough. I'm up to here and if it goes any further, I'm going to drown. That emotional exhaustion where it's just, I got to get through the day. You know, the thing I love about scripture is scripture deals with pretty much everything. And there's a couple of examples that we're going to look at this morning of people needing emotional rest. And what was the answer for them? I mean, I don't want to give it away, but God, but we're going to get there. Exodus 33. If you want to open your, your books to Exodus, we're going to be jumping around quite a bit this morning. But Exodus chapter 33, uh, starting with the 12th verse. Exodus 33, 12 and 13. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name. And you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your way so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. First, I don't think God needs reminding. But sometimes in our emotional, you know, working through things, we say things out loud. And that's okay. Moses was tired. He was tired. He was tired from leadership, and he was emotionally drained. Let me just run down for you where we're at in the story in the book of Exodus. What Moses has had to deal with for 33 chapters in the book of, of Exodus. He freed the nation of Israel from slavery and from the world superpower. Right, That's what Egypt was during that time. It was the world superpower. Nobody was building what Egypt was building. Nobody had the affluence or the wealth that Egypt had. And he, Moses, freed. Obviously, God had a big part of that. Moses liberated the Israelites from slavery. He helped the Israelites escaped. So not only freed them, but helped them escape by crossing the Red Sea on dry land. Ooh. Right? He raised the. He helped secure food and water in the desert. You know this story with quail and manna and water from the rock. He helped provide for them. He fought off the Amalekites, fought them off. He destroyed false idols you know this story where he goes up on the mountain 
and is in the presence of God, and God gives him the Ten Commandments. And when he's coming down with the Ten Commandments, what did the Israelites do? They built a golden calf. Just imagine Moses' face holding these two tablets like, what the heck? <laughs> what are you doing? Do you ever have that moment where you walk, in the, or parents have this moment, where you walk into a room and you're like, what, what are you doing? What were you thinking? Look at this room. <laughs> you keep it clean for two seconds. Like I can think Moses thinking that. I've been gone for like 10 minutes. Could you not worship a false idol for 10 minutes? I just see that like exhaustion. Like, oh, come on. He, he helped lay out the law of how they should interact with each other and God, right? That's the Ten Commandments. He brought down the Ten Commandments and then went over it with them. These is, this is how we should interact with God, right? So this is what the first four are. Is this is how I should interact with God. And the last six are all about how I interact with you. How we interact with each other. That's why later on when Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that sums up all ten of the commandments. If you love God and you love other people, you're going to be okay. So he lays that out for them. He helped lay out how the tabernacle should be built and how they worshiped God. One of the most important parts of being an Israelite. Remember, and if you remember, what a couple months ago I laid, I put in front of you the camp and how it looked. And if you remember, the tabernacle sat right in the middle and it was surrounded by the 12 tribes, signifying that worship of God is at the center of what the nation of Israel did. And Moses was a part of formalizing that. Of making it what it was. Moses was the one putting together the bulletin. You know what I mean? Like, to get to that level. Like doing that. Making sure the, the, the sound system is plugged in. All those things, right? Obviously different. But getting all that ready. And in the midst of all of that. In the midst of all of that. Doing all of that, wandering in the desert, hot and tired. He was dealing with people who were grumbling and complaining. He was leading people that were grumbling to him and complaining to him. Tired of this manna. Do I have something else? How long we got to wander here? You remember from the Red Sea, when he parts the Red Sea, they get to the Red Sea. And what do they say to Moses? Why'd you bring us out here? Were there not enough graves in Egypt? It's the man leading them. And he says to them, you should have just let us die. This is what Moses is dealing with. You think he's emotionally tired? Probably. Probably. Many of you know, many of you have been in leadership. Many of you have led other people. I do a lot of things, but when people start showing, when people aren't grateful, it makes it really hard, doesn't it? So Moses asked this. In the midst of all this, he asked this. 
And God responds in verse 14. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And, Moses, and the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Moses was emotionally exhausted, wandering in the desert, providing for hundreds of thousands of people and dealing with the complaints, and dealing with the squabbles that happen between people. And what is God's response to him when Moses says, I'm tired? God says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So often in our lives, we rely on ourselves to give ourselves rest. We rely on other people to give ourselves rest. And God says, I will give you rest. Not physical, not mental, although those things play into this because we are all like it bleeds over. But emotional, spiritual, Rest. And Moses says, Lord, if your presence does not go with us, please don't send us from here. How will anyone know we are your people unless your goodness is among us? Friends, we have to have that attitude towards God. Do not send us from here unless your presence goes before us. Do you have that attitude towards God? God says, Moses asks, you said you were going to give me someone. And God says, I am. God is enough. God's response is his presence. And you want to turn over now to 1 Kings, verse 19. We're going to look at someone else, not Moses, but we're moving on now to Elijah. You know the prophet Elijah? Elijah dealt with some stuff. 1 Kings 19, starting with the first verse. Now Ahab told Jezebel 
everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so surely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. <laughs> Verse 3 is this dumb moment from Scripture. Elijah was afraid. Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you. In no uncertain terms, you are going to die. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba and Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. This sounds like a guy who's emotionally rested. He's praying to God, just let me die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Elijah was doing what God asked of him. And in doing what God asked of him, he had death threats from people who could make it happen. And emotionally and spiritually exhausted, praise to God in the wilderness under a bush. Lord, just let me die. I'm no good. Perhaps we saying, I'm no better than my ancestors. I'm no good. Just let me die. You ever feel that moment? You ever feel those moments where you cry out to God's like, I'm just not good. I am not worthy. And the world is pressing in on me. You ever have those moments of like, God, what are you asking of me? I'm not good enough. This is hard. And Elijah taking it a step further and say, not only is this hard, it'd be better if I wasn't here. Let me just be clear before we move on. It's always better that you're here. Always. Life is tough. Life is hard. God loves you. And there are a lot of people that do too. Elijah was emotionally exhausted. And moreover, his life was threatened. In the midst of this, in the midst of this prayer, though, an angel, an angel shows up and responds. After praying that, an angel in verse 5 says, Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came back and second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by the food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went to a cave and spent the night. 
God, I'm tired. I think I've had enough. The angel comes to him and says, have a snack. Rest. See, and this is the point of this, right? Your physical well-being affects your emotional well-being. Your mental well-being affects your emotional well-being. And your emotional well-being affects your mental and physical well-being. It all is intertwined. And sometimes, and I'm trying to underplay this, but sometimes, maybe just take a nap and have a snack. Sometimes that helps. Rest. This is what the angel says, essentially. But we're not done. Because then God. In verse, the second part of verse 9, and the, Lord, and the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? God now talking. Now the angel, God speaking to Elijah. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Elijah's seen some stuff. Elijah's been through some stuff. God asked this of Elijah, and the, and the world seemingly didn't want it. And yet Elijah still did what God asked. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Huh. I think I've heard this before. This morning, actually. And you know the rest of this. Hopefully you know, right? A great earthquake comes. And the Lord's not in it. And a great fire comes and the Lord's not in it. And where is the Lord? In the small whisper. What is God's response to Elijah who is emotionally exhausted? Exhausted? His presence. You see the consistency here? God says, me. I'm the answer. So often we look for God in the grandiose, in the massive things. We look for God in these big things. But God, so often, is the still, small voice of a seven-year-old in a Sunday school class. God, so often, is the still, small voice, this little nudge from someone or from himself do you hear when he talks do you feel when he moves do you do you acknowledge his presence in your life are you looking for the grandiose because certainly god can do the grandiose we read that in scripture you see god does the grandiose and does big things but you know what else he does he does the little things too. And little things, little things done in love, 
become really, really big. God responds again. Take my presence with you. Are you emotionally tired? Are you exhausted? Are you worn out? Is life pushing in because life does that? Are you trusting in the one who created you? In the one who knows you better than anyone else? Are you relying on his presence? Or do you think your strength is enough? Because this morning, I'm going to tell you, it ain't. It's not enough. And you know what? That's not weakness. That's strength. Recognizing that your strength is not enough. And it doesn't have to be. You're not in this by yourself. God has given you his very presence. God, even more than Moses and Elijah, as we have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in us. But you also have one another. You and I should rely on one another. You've heard me say to you, hey, can you pray for me for this? You've heard me say that to you, right? And I'm supposed to be the spiritual leader or whatever. That does not mean I don't need you. In fact, I need you praying for me and my family just as much as you need me praying for you. We can't end without talking a little bit about Jesus. And Jesus said something that all of you know. You've heard it over and over and over and over again. You all know this. But Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I, Will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Again, it's, it's like God is consistent here. What's the answer? My presence. Christ's presence in your life is the answer. Come to me all who are weary and burdened. You weary? You burdened? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, let's not hold back from Christ. He already knows anyway. You see, so often we gravitate to self-care. We gravitate self-care to mean me time or if I eat healthier, if I have more rest or sleep or if I have social times with my friends, right? Well, these aren't bad. In fact, they are very good. But true emotional care involves something much, much, much deeper. It involves God. 
John 14. Jesus talking again. 14, 26, and 27 says this. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. That, that is who Christ is. This morning, as, as we have some music plays, are you burdened? Are you heavy laden? Are you stressed out? Are you emotionally drained? Come get the answer. Give it to Christ. Friends, you need Jesus, and so do I. And friends, I would also say, just as a last little bit of this, if you are dealing with real deep emotional things, you might need to talk to a spiritual, a Christian counselor. And that's okay too. But friends, it starts here. It starts here and trusting in what God has for you. So this morning, as the music plays, won't you come and leave your burdens and your stress here? Won't you allow the Holy Spirit of God to fill you and make you more than a conqueror because he is powerful to save? And not just save, but to keep you secure in his hand. Won't you come this morning and receive the goodness of God?